halfway through. We have stories of the dead coming back to life to tell us of the dead evil. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The All-American Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. As always, I'm Josh and I'm joined with uh, Will. Hey! And the Professor Smoke. What's up? And uh, we have been on extended spring break. I know it's been a little while since uh, episode 9 for various reasons. Like legitimate spring break, vacations, uh, other smaller trips, just life getting in the way. We weren't able to record a new uh, episode until today. Look, we can't um, all be uh, jet setters like Josh, so it's yeah. your fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all around the world. But this episode we're coming that we're that we're bringing to you this week is a doozy. We're going to be talking about the, I guess it's the 2013 movie, although it didn't come out until 2015. <laughs> um, Eli Roth movie, The Green Inferno, uh, an homage to the old. Italian cannibal movies. So yeah, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later on. So I guess it, it's been a little while, guys. Uh, Will, what you been up to for the last month or so? Living life. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Living you're the dream. Spe- <laughs> you're, you're speaking to my ghost. <laughs> Josh, uh, he died ten years ago. <laughs> uh, just same old like everybody else, man. Just. Working and taking care of the family. Uh, say, like, as far as uh, as TV, I think I'm like most of the free world. I'm watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, went and saw all the Avengers. Ah, know. yes. A- Avengers Endgame. Uh, <laughs> Smoke, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, now, before we say another word, if you haven't listened to this show before, we do spoilers. We, we spoil the hell out of everything. Now, I'm sure we'll have a little small discussion here about Avengers Endgame. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to uh, pause it, stop it, whatever. You know, go, ch- go check that out. I'm, I'm sure you have by now. But if you haven't, you may not want to uh, you know, go any further. And same goes for The Green Inferno or any other movie that we do here on the, on the show. We spoil things. So just be aware, um, you know, to uh, advance at your own risk. So... What did you guys think of uh, Endgame? You know, we'll kind of talk about that just for a few minutes. Uh, for me, I mean, just the the original watching of it. I mean, I loved it. Uh, you know, after after you sit there and think about things for a little while, you can nitpick a ton. But I say overall, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I'd say for that, for me too. The initial, like, I've only seen it once so far, so that initial viewing was yeah, I loved it as well. I mean, you know, and then like I said, when you're afterwards too, you think well, maybe. Things were a little bit rushed to get from point A to point B, but then I also heard that there was a much longer cut, so I don't know how much truth there was to that. I haven't looked into that. But oh, Lord. They had to pick some out to make it the three hours. So. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love that initial viewing of it. I mean, it's, a, it's slightly over three hours, and I'm sure mm. they left a lot on the cutting room floor. This could have easily been a four-hour movie. Mm. All right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, like, like Will said, um, I've only seen it the one time, but I'm sure if you... Uh, you know, if you pick, you, you can pick at scabs and you'll find things yeah. wrong with it. And, um, I mean, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. For, I just think maybe I would have went a different direction in a couple of spots. Um, yeah. 
but I think overall it was it was it was done really well. I mean that's that's a tough job to bring together to basically bring together uh, twenty one movies, right? I think that's what it was before this. Believe so. It's, it's either yeah. twenty or twenty one movies leading up to that movie, and uh, I think they did a really good job of uh, tying almost a little bit of every single one of those movies into this movie. Yeah, and you're talking about over. I mean, how long has it been since? What thirteen well, years? It, it, it's been well. It's been eleven years since Iron Man. Eleven came years, out. yeah, yeah. So for eleven years from the Iron, the first Iron Man movie to this, yeah. and and like I said, I think it's either twenty or twenty-one movies in between. So that's that's a lot of heavy lifting for one movie to kind of bring it all to a closure, so to speak. I mean, even though the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is going to continue, still going, yeah, yeah. This kind of is the end of this chapter. You know, this of everything you've seen up to this point is kind of the end of that. This very, very long, overreaching story arc. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think they did a good job of uh, tying up some loose ends mm. and, uh, you know, paying paying uh, tribute or respect or whatever to almost every single one of those movies leading up to this. You know, there's something almost from everything, yeah. uh, even if it's just a few seconds. I I didn't see it myself, but I heard even Howard the Duck's in it for about... <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I was on the same wavelength. I was just about to mention that after you... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Howard the Duck's in there, too, Literally, the, the gun. <laughs> Literally, what I, I didn't see it myself, but what I read is he's in it for 18 frames. That's it. <laughs> yep, I saw Just it. Over it half a online. Yeah, I didn't see it either, but I saw something online where they had fro- somebody taken the freeze frame from it and put it up. Yeah, apparently it's the apparently it's the big scene toward the end when you know all the heroes come back and like Doctor Strange has opened up the little portals and they're all coming through. One of those yeah. little portals, he jumps out. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that just shows you the attention to detail. I mean, they threw everything they possibly could think of in there, and there's probably some things in there. You know, even the keenest of eyes didn't even catch. I mean, it's got everything in it. It was really well done. So, will will have you done or seen anything else over the last? You know, other than Game of Thrones, Avengers, anything uh, else? Uh, watched Alien Covenant last night. Oh man, I, I'm I'm sure I've seen like a ton of stuff. I'm just kind of blanking on what it is. I mean. I've been keeping up with The Flash on, on CW. Started watching Star Wars with uh, my little girl. Did That's you start from? Did you start from episode one or episode four? Started from episode one. Okay. So. You got to you got to bring her down to bring her up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, Smoke. What about you? What you been getting into the last month or so? Let's see. As far as watching things, I saw uh, that curse. The curse of La Llorona. That was that James Wan produced uh, movie that. Now was barely- that kind. Con- is that in the Conjuring universe? Or yeah. Is that- I, you know, when I first saw the trailer on it, I don't remember it linking anything at that time to the Conjuring universe. And, and I mean, I, other than I knew it was produced by James Wan, but whenever, uh, when I was looking at it online, it did mention that it was, it was linked. And then seeing the movie, that it, it's linked, but it's very <laughs> tenuous. It's kind of like, it seems like it was forced. You know, it's like, this is, do you remember this incident that happened at such and such? You know, where they tied it into the conjuring and to annabelle uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that was pretty much it there's no character real linkage or anything like that and it was just kind of i mean it was it was didn't really enjoy it that much so and i've known about it a lot so Go it's ahead. only in the it's only in the fringe of the conjuring universe yes yeah it's like they just force it like you know how can we what, what can we do to tie this movie into the conjuring oh we can just put this line in here about annabelle or you know the events that happened in the conjuring hey those movies made the money time. let's uh let's try to pick <laughs> yeah. it back yeah. And that that might have been what it was just to do, just to get another you know some extra bucks out of it because I was I'm familiar with the La Llorona 
legend and everything. It's a uh, legend in Mexico about the crying woman that that uh, basically people hear and then supposedly drowned. You know, she drowned her children, and wow. if you hear, her, then she's coming after you. coming after your children, and it's it's got definitely has potential for for making a good horror movie. It's just this wasn't it. <laughs> And there was one back in the 60s, I believe it is, that I've seen that was made in Mexico. It was actually a lot better than this one. And it was really right. low budget. So, so yeah, it was, that was disappointing. Uh, saw, of course, the Avengers, like we mentioned. TV-wise, kind of haven't... Uh, I've been wanting to get in to watch the Twilight Zone, but I haven't, haven't dive, dove into that yet either. Same here, man. Everything keeps coming up, and I'm not, I just yeah. haven't been able to watch it yet. But theatrical movies, that's, I think that's the only one, too, that I think we've been kind of... Oh, there hasn't been a whole lot out there right now that I'd really want to see in the theater besides Avengers. And, uh, and like I said, that I saw that La Llorona hoping it would be better than what it was, but it wasn't. Well, there's, there's some good ones coming up, though, that uh, the new yeah. Godzilla movie is coming. Yes, yeah, definitely looking forward to that one. Oh, and uh, uh, I think it's next week. I think it's Memorial Day weekend. Brightburn comes out. Oh, yeah. That, definitely looking forward to that. That looks oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I know, I Josh, that's... you've been waiting for uh, Detective Pikachu for a while. Yeah, oh wait, I, I did see that too. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> about I that. may not, I may not have been waiting for it, but I actually went and saw it yesterday. Yeah. What'd you think of it? My, my son's big into Pokemon, so he's all about it. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was probably a little better than I was expecting it to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, I would, I would say that too. But you know, those kind of movies, you go in, if you go in with a pretty low bar, you'll probably enjoy it. So. Yeah, um, yeah. I went. Yeah. Well, I went into it not knowing much. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I know of Pokemon and I know Pikachu, but other than a couple of that, you know, maybe what is it, one, one or two other characters. Like, I don't, I never played the game or really watched the show yeah, or anything. Me either. So, I, I, I haven't cared one bit, honestly, about yeah. it whatsoever <laughs> over the last twenty years. But my son, uh, because my son enjoys, you know, all that stuff, <laughs> I've kind of learned a little bit about it because of that. Yeah. So. I think if you have a, a better knowledge of it going in, you'll probably enjoy it a little better. But uh, I, st- I think you know, even if you have a limited knowledge, I think you still enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I'll say too. Because not having hardly any knowledge of it other than by name and yeah. the name Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I still good. enjoyed it. Well, see, see, I watched it at home, and the weird thing that I thought was like, shows this kid walking into a room, and then Pikachu dances for like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Now I so saw kinda, that. Yeah. I, I saw that like Ryan Reynolds put out a copy of the whole movie, and then when you start watching it, like it, the credits start, the movie starts where like the the, the the main kid is walking down the street and he looks to the left, and then it's Pikachu dancing for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and they so just looped it for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, just the whole thing is just him dancing for an hour and a half. <laughs> but no, it, it was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I just, I'm not able to get out to the theater, like I've said a handful of times. I'm just not able to get out to the theater very much unless it's something like that, you know. Right. So, uh, I got to see that, and obviously I went and uh, made time to go see uh, Endgame, but I, ha- I still haven't seen Shazam, and I wanted to see that. I, don't yeah, even I saw know that. If, I don't even know if it's still out or not, but uh, I still haven't got to see that yet. Um, yeah, we didn't, haven't seen Shazam yet either. No, I still wanted to, but <laughs> I've wanted to see it since I saw the trailer, but... There's a, couple others I, there's a couple others I wanted to see, but I'm just going to have to wait until they're on Blu-ray at this point, probably. Um, because now they're going to start piling up, you know. Um, I want to make an effort to see Shazam if it's still out somewhere. But other than that, I'm probably just going to have to wait. Because I, I definitely want to see Brightburn. I want to see the new Godzilla. Uh, Dark Phoenix is coming out. 
I think that first weekend of June, and, and a handful of others. So, I mean, they're, they're going to start piling up. When we got uh, it too coming later this year, right? That's in September, oh, yeah. I believe. Oh yeah. Yep. I'm blanking. I know the three from hell is supposed to be coming out in October, I guess, right? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it'll still be on track, but I haven't heard anything otherwise. Yeah, hope, hopefully. Uh, seems like there's a couple other horror movies that I'm blanking on right now. They're supposed to be coming out this later this year. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah so the, the calendar is going to be full. We'll have plenty to watch. Um, myself, as far as TV and stuff, uh, I've been catching up on stuff on Netflix. Um, I watched that uh, Ted Bundy uh the little four-part documentary that they had. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, yeah. on Netflix. I watched that, and then yeah, I, I started. That. I'll back to you. And then I started watching that new Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie, which I can't remember the name of. It's got a long title, something uh, disturbingly evil or something like that. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I started watching that. I got about halfway through it, and then I, I got distracted and forgot to go back and finish it. But it, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was another one I forgot to mention too. I did see that <laughs> because it's been such a long. I know it's been a long gap before we did our last episode. I couldn't remember some of the things, but now that you're mentioning, like, like Pikachu, I'd forgotten. Yeah, I've seen that. And yeah, also yeah. that Zac Efron uh, movie on I Ted Bundy. That. I saw that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's Like I said, I, I watched about half of it. It's pretty good. I mean, I think he nails the uh, the look and the uh, yeah the creepiness of Ted Bundy. Yeah. I mean, he's got that. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just catching up on this, that, and the other thing. is watching random movies here and there. So I guess that leads us to... Uh, what we came here for today is to uh, discuss slash review the 2013 slash 2015 movie, <laughs> uh, Eli Roth movie, The Green Inferno. So I guess without further ado, here is the trailer for The Green Inferno. can't just go invade a country because they're doing something that we think is immoral. I know. I just think I should be doing something about the rainforest. It's time to make a difference.
right, so that was the trailer for the Green Inferno. Um, so I guess uh, before we go into the, you know, the behind the scenes and the stats and all that stuff, Will, what was your, you've never seen this before, right? Never. What were your initial thoughts after watching it? Uh, after watching it, it was, it was okay. Uh, while I was watching it, wasn't the biggest fan. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I guess I guess I'm just not into the uh, the, the cannibal movies. <laughs> so, how about how about you, Smoke? Uh, well, the first I saw it in the well, I first heard about it. I guess back in 2012 or 2013, whenever he first mentioned about shooting it, having you know come up on a lot of the those Italian cannibal movies, I I kind of know I know what I know what the direction was he was wanting to go with it was, but was it going to be like any of those? Was going to be my reaction to it because i'd already been familiar with all those movies so and then also i think eli roth you come to eli roth either he's kind of polarizing i guess in a way like rob zombie or like quentin tarantino where a lot of people either love or hate him you know his movies so because he injects certain things into most all of his movies like humor that's uh <laughs> maybe out of place or whatever some people and like what was he going to do to it that way in that direction so when it finally did come out i saw it in the theater it had like a limited run i think at least here, where I'm at in, in uh, South Carolina, we saw it in one weekend. I think it it played or whatever. So that that initial reaction was like, yeah, you know, I, I I see where he was going with it. I saw the nods and the homages to some of the other Cannibal movies, and uh, initially I was it's kind of like yeah, it was kind of mediocre. Yeah, it was okay. And then I've seen it a couple of times since, and and it's grown on me a little bit more in those other viewings, you know. So myself. Uh... This is the first time I had seen it. Honestly, I barely even heard of it. It seems like I remember, I remember it kind of vaguely, but I guess it must not have played very wide, or at least if it did, it just didn't make much of a splash in my view at the time. And uh, so I didn't go see it or anything. And I, like I said, I barely heard of it. Um, well, it also, kinda, this it, was during your phase of uh, uh, being obsessed with My Little Ponies. So. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I was a brony for a while there. So. You're a brony. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get all trying to go to the convention and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I I don't know. This one just kind of escaped me, I guess, and I just never uh, w- you know went back around to catch it. But uh, I enjoyed it. I, I think I kind of land where Willie is. You know, I I ain't gonna say I hated it. I ain't gonna say I disliked it. But um, you know, and we'll get into that. You know, I think here shortly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just think it is what it is. I don't think it's his best. That's for sure. No, but, I don't either. Um, uh, one thing, one thing that I will say, and I've brought this up to Josh before since watching, man, Eli Roth in this movie particularly uh, is very heavy-handed with his foreshadowing. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it's not, it's not like, uh, it's not like something you know, like going on, and it's like a passing thing. It's like, hey, pay attention to this. Look, <laughs> look, damn it, look. <laughs> <laughs> It just grabs you by the head, not, by your nose. Not subtle. Fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but Lack I don't think subtlety. Eli. I don't think Eli Roth and Subtle have ever been said in the same sentence. <laughs> to be fair, so see, so, yeah, uh, this movie was released in on September twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, by Universal Pictures, Blumhouse Tilt, which I guess is like a, a little offshoot of uh, Blumhouse and uh, high top releasing. Apparently, from what I could gather, and this was a direct quote from something, an article I found, it said, the film was intended to be released theatrically on September 5th, 2014. So a full year, a little over a full year prior, by Open Road Films. However, financial difficulties with that production company 
Worldview Entertainment caused Open Road to pull it from its, its original and from its original release. I guess for whatever reason, it just got shelved for another year until Universal and uh, Blumhouse stepped in and got this thing finally, uh, you know, to the masses. So I guess that was the reason, basically. And uh, it was so the total runtime of the movie is an hour and forty minutes. So that's it's about your average length for most movies, you know. Maybe a, li- a tad longer than your average horror movie, but not by much. Its budget, from what I could tell, was somewhere between five and six million. It opened the same weekend that September twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, as Hotel Transylvania two. So it got <laughs> so it got rolled up. Uh, Hotel Transylvania two made forty eight and a half million dollars that weekend. <laughs> this this movie made three and a half million. Although I think it was in the top ten, but it barely, you know, that particular weekend. It went on to make. Uh, 7.2 million in the US and Canada, you know, so domestically, and uh, tw- 12.9 million worldwide, so almost 13 million worldwide. <laughs> so, so it, it didn't uh, it didn't make a lot of money, yeah. And, and I think maybe that, that probably had a lot to do with the target thing because if really if you think about it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been a fan of Italian horror movies and cannibal movies and all that stuff, and there are some others out there, but there's not a huge, huge following enough to make it pay off in the homage that he was looking for as far as the you know, Italian cannibal genre. Yeah, I'd uh, say that's just on, a labor of love, I guess, for on his part for something that yeah, he I wanted would say to put so, out. Because that that's uh that's definitely one thing because it was shot uh from what I from what I, what I uh, found it was shot in Peru, Chile, and New York City. So I mean, I'm sure a big part of that budget was just uh, going to these locations. Yeah, I found this kind of funny. It was rated R for aberrant violence <laughs> and torture, grisly, disturbing images, brief graphic nudity. Sexual content, language, and some drug use. <laughs> <laughs> like like and somebody so, smoking a joint is the biggest problem with this movie. <laughs> you know, I haven't. That would be something we need to look into maybe at some point in the, in the ratings how they give things because I'm. Is it if you have any drug use at all? Is that going to automatically constitute an R rating, or does something fall in the PG thirteen area? You know. I know. It's I remember like one that, time I heard if you smoke a cigarette in the movie, that's going to be an R, automatic R rated because of the whole cigarette you know campaign on. Uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me since the last you know fifteen or twenty years have been so uh, strongly against smoking. So I guess mm. that wouldn't surprise me. Isn't there? A you certain can see the let up on violence too, like the you know, violence back in the eighties. You remember in the early nineties, if it was a splatter movie or a slasher movie or something like that, it was it was this double you know catch 22 thing there if you make this splatter movie or a horror movie you're going to probably get your stuff cut out of it but if you go and make this uh this thriller or action film you get get a lot more gore like if you look at indiana jones and the temple of doom versus whatever slasher movie was out at the time there's more gore in indiana jones than there wasn't any slasher movie that came out that year i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) so i think there was this war on slasher movies back then as far as you know morality and everything isn't there a certain amount of isn't there a certain amount of fucks that you can say to before like can't you get away with like one or two fucks one or two in a PG thirteen maybe in a PG thirteen yeah. yeah and then like if you say one more it's a it's a rated R something like that <laughs> yeah we'll have to do some research on the on the MPAA ratings at some point I'm sure our good friend Adam Portress over at the uh, Hero Movie Podcast and the Film Find I'm sure he probably knows more about how they do oh, yeah. that you know that part yeah so maybe we can uh, talk with him one of these days. And being a, being a horror, huge horror fan and going back to the 80s and everything, I've always been, you know, a hater of the MPAA <laughs> back then. Anyway. Well, now there's a lot more violence that gets through. There's a lot more. You could not get any of the stuff that was in Green Inferno 
in an R-rated movie back when those Italian cannibal movies were coming out. Too. <laughs> yeah, that would have been excised. Especially, I'm sure that specific, specifically the one big scene yeah. in this movie. And that's probably why it was able to get an R rating is because of that, that one scene. Because if they had gone into you know more that type of stuff, then they would have been. I'm sure they would have had to cut out some, and make it. You know, would have been unrated or, or an X unless they had trimmed some of it out. So they had to probably you know, get everything they could into that one scene. <laughs> so, like I said, this movie was shot in Peru, Chile, and New York. Uh, best I can tell, filming started like early November of 2012 and ended like basically just before Christmas 2012. So it took them a while to put this thing together after that. It wasn't even supposed to come out until uh, September 2014. That's still over a year and a half before it would have come out. It, yeah, and like I said, or like we've discussed already, it was a, a homage to Cannibal Holocaust and uh, other cannibal, Italian cannibal films of the like late 80s or late 70s, early 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Specifically... Now, I saw this, and, and, and uh, Smoke, you might know a little bit more about this part, where the name of the movie came from, because we were ta- me and Will were talking about it. I said, what the hell does that mean, like, <laughs> the Green Inferno? But I, what I saw was that apparently in Con- Cannibal Holocaust, there's yeah. a, film, a film within a film called The Green Inferno. Right. Yeah, the documentary filmmakers in Cannibal Holocaust had shot this on, called The Green Inferno first. Yeah. Green Inferno just being a reference to when you see the tops of the trees in the Amazon, I mean, all you see is this green just because of yeah. the top of the, of the jungle and everything. That's kind of what we thought the illusion was, but uh, I didn't I didn't really think about it too much, honestly, until yeah. Will asked me that the other day. He's like, why the hell is this called the Green Inferno? <laughs> there was no but green yeah. fires. <laughs> well, but like and I guess the, the heat, other, heat of the Amazon, I guess, maybe. I guess the only other thing that, that kind of popped into my head is uh, like towards the end of the film, the, the guy and the ants. Oh, yeah. They, they covered him in a green paste, and I'm sure ants... Yeah burn so i think i saw in passing too that the original working title of cannibal holocaust was the green inferno now that yeah there actually there actually has been another i think that might have been a titling of cannibal holocaust or at least one of its adherents in other countries i mean in all these other countries where those italian cannibal movies were released germany wherever austria all these places they a lot of them called it a different title and I believe in green yeah. inferno it might have been called that in one other country too so, th- so either way you slice it, I mean, it- it's definitely uh, getting its its name from something to do with Cannibal Holocaust, one way or the mm-hmm. other, it sounds like to me. It stars Lorenza Izzo as Justine, and uh, she's from Chile, and she's also, I didn't know if y'all caught this or not, the ex-wife of Eli Roth. No, did not realize Appar- <laughs> Apparently, they got married in November of 2014, so this would have been... Right around the time that it was originally supposed to come out, but it didn't come out until you know September 2015. But anyways, they got married in November of 2014, but they got divorced last summer in July of last uh, 2018. <laughs> so they were together almost four years, and I don't think they had any kids or anything like that. But from what I could tell, it was kind of an amicable split. You know, it's just, yeah. we'll still be friends, but we're not going to be married, kind of thing. <laughs> but because um, I, I thought there had to have been some type of connection to it too. Her, to her too because apparently she's in a few other things that he's done oh, okay so uh there there was definitely a connection here so i looked a little bit further into it and sure enough they were married um which means they might have even have been dating at the time this movie was made i don't know um since they got married you know a year later so there's a good chance uh, also you remember the part in the uh movie i'll just mention this now because i saw the note of it. you remember the part of the movie where she's in the amazon uh, or uh, 
Yeah, that's river. just in, about in the, the entire movie, Josh. No, no, no. <laughs> that's the and the Green Inferno. Good night, everybody. <laughs> the Amazon River, jackass. Remember when she's in the river? Right? Are we? Are you with me? Remember when she's yeah. drowning in the river? Apparently, yeah. she almost really drowned. Like what you see, like that part where she's like holding on to the rock and she's screaming for the dude. Yeah. Like she's well, literally, terror. yeah, yeah. Like she's li- legitimately about to drown. Uh, it says, it said uh, the screams in the final film are her screaming for her life. And she was rescued when the stunt supervisor realized she wasn't acting and was yelling cut. And, and she started yelling cut in Spanish. <laughs> That's when they're like, oh shit. And they had to pull her out. Meanwhile, the camera guy's like, oh man, this is good. This is good. <laughs> Yeah, damn. She's a hell of an actress. And she's getting an Oscar for this one. Yeah. yeah. I'm just put, trying to put all my actors through the rigors that, uh, you know, Roger Odeodato or Umberto Lindsay put his through when he made their movies. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that? Is that method acting, right? Is that, yeah. is that what that is? <laughs> all right, here's the method. I'm going to toss you in the, into the fucking Amazon make you drown. Go. <laughs> you can swim, right? Uh, this also stars Ariel Levy as Alejandro. He's the... Uh, the jackass of the group. Uh, you always got to have one of those. From, uh, you got to have one of those in Italian movies too. Yeah. From Chile. Yeah. <laughs> and also stars Daryl Sabara as Lars. Now he's the uh, the curly headed red haired guy. Oh yeah. Um, you would know him from all four Spy Kids movies. Um, you may remember from Cabin Fever, the original in two thousand. Um, both hostile movies. The Thanksgiving trailer in Grindhouse, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Inglorious Bastards. He was like the uh, what was he the big Jew guy in Inglorious oh, yeah. Bastards? That's right. Yeah, yeah. By, that's Quentin Tarantino. Uh, also, he did the screen. Eli Roth did the screenplay with uh, another guy named Guillermo Amoto, and uh, it was executive. One of the executive producers, at least, was uh, Jason uh, Blum, Blumhouse, and all that. So I'm, I'm sure they threw that on there once he got a hold of the. Uh, the rights to, you know, help put the movie out or whatever. On IMDb, it gets 5.3 out of 10 stars. It's not horrible. That's over 50%. <laughs> and, uh, but on Rotten Tomatoes, they're not as friendly. Uh, the tomato meter, it gets 37% out of 89 reviews, which that's not very good. And it actually, rare, the rare exception here where the audience gave it a lower score, it got a 30%. Usually it's the other way around. If the critics like it at all, the audience is going to, you know, if they don't like it, the audience is going to love it, vice versa, right? This one's actually a little flip-flop. The critics liked it a little more. So the synopsis on Rotten Tomatoes is, from acclaimed horror director Eli Roth, The Green Inferno follows a group of student activists who travel from New York City to the Amazon to save the rainforest. However, once they arrive in this vast green landscape, they soon discover that they are not alone and that no good deed goes unpunished. So any final word about anything you guys wanted to talk about before we dive in or that set it up nicely or what do you think? I think that's good. Uh, just uh, that maybe certain reasons why the, the critic score versus the audience score is not as good also might be that, that even though he was aiming at an homage to Italian cannibal movies and maybe he was hoping that the people also that like the Titan Cannon movies would like this one. I think that's where maybe some of that audience versus critic thing is in there. Cause even though he was aiming for that, it didn't, a lot of times when you're watching it, I'm feeling like, well, maybe I should just be watching Cannibal Holocaust <laughs> because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it touches on it. And gives you, you get that feel a little bit, but 
I don't think it it applied itself well enough to fans of those movies to make them give it a good rating. You know, actually, one thing that I that I read online, I didn't realize that this was part of a trilogy. So yeah, it's almost like uh, Will, what you were talking about is like when we watched uh, Suspiria back in what what like episode three or four, or whatever it was, earlier on late last year. Um, how there was kind of like a th- this is more directed toward you, Smoke, where there was like kind of like a loose um, trilogy involving oh, yeah. Suspiria, the Three Mothers trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like that. What, what Will, what you were talking about with the uh, with the with connection the, of these these movies? Yeah, with the loose. It's almost like a connection, but a loose connection between uh, what did, what did you say? Uh, uh, Hostile and Cabin Fever. Cab- yeah, Cabin Fever, then both Hostile movies, and then this. What did you say it was called again? I think it was called uh, Travel and Punishment or something like that. Okay. So, it, uh, Smoke, it almost sounds like it's okay. that, where there's like a connection but a loose connection with a trilogy. It's almost yeah. thematically, right? Yeah, yeah. It seems like he's just... All of those movies that were coming out at, at you know subsequently behind each one were that same theme, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I go, so, go, like, go somewhere and get killed. <laughs> go somewhere and die. I kind of feel like it's what we were talking about a little while ago, where it's in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, none of these univer- universes I want to live in. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say what a what a hellacious universe. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since if you're really going on that theory, like the universe would be almost uh, obliterated by cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know if anybody's seen any of the sequels of that one. Yeah, I or still have the original. I've, no, yeah, I've only yeah, seen too. the original, <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't seen the remake of uh, Cabin Fever either. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to that when I saw that it was a thing. I'm like, you know what? Uh-uh. There's, uh-uh. A, there's really no need to mess with that, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, and it hasn't really. been that long ago. No. Uh-uh. Like, I, I, I see. Oh, go ahead. I don't think the visual effects have changed that much. Where that needs to be redone. <laughs> no. No, besides, I mean, like, what, what do you really need to do uh, visual effects-wise to make that any better, you know? Three yeah. fingers. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so they gave him an extra five million in the budget, but three fingers. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> that, that's a t-shirt. <laughs> three fingers. <laughs> three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it was funny, like, uh, when when I was watching this, uh, you know, for the podcast, uh, I was watching it when my family wasn't at home, because, you know. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I've got five and a one-year-old, why are they eating eyeballs? Um, <laughs> Don't worry about it, it's homework! <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, God! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, they're not home, I'm watching it. And it's like shortly after, like you know, the the, the more horrific scene of the uh, the movie, and uh, I hear I hear the the door opening. For, I, I think I'd left the garage door open that day, so I didn't even get like the uh, the advance warning that they're about to come in. Mm-hmm. So I hear I hear the door open uh, into our laundry room, which leads <laughs> straight into the living room where I'm watching it. <laughs> and I swear to God, it felt like I was like a, a little kid watching a dirty movie. Yeah, like, like, turn it off like, before the parents walk like, in. Whoa, yeah. don't come in here! Don't come in here! <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's like, "What are you watching?" <laughs> and more importantly, why are your pants off? 
That's how I do it. God. <laughs> it's for the podcast. I was just putting the depends on, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, usually this is where we go into the ins and outs of the movie, like, and I go play by play, blow by blow. I got to be honest with you, I'm not really feeling like doing that for the first 30 minutes of this movie. Because to <laughs> me, to me, the first 30 minutes or so of this movie are so throwaway. And, yeah, I, get, yeah. and I get that he had to set the scene, but it felt like I was watching like a, a late 90s college <laughs> campus movie. You know, like, yeah, uh, just waiting for the laughs that never come. I don't know. It's just like the first to me. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I read it wrong. I don't know. How how did you guys feel like I just didn't oh, really right enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy the first 30, 35 minutes of this movie. Well, y'all didn't get the nuances of. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's like they just set all this up just so they can get to the jungle and get to the to the group. Yeah, like, you, you just don't you just don't settle in on the subtleties of uh, college <laughs> life and uh, how it is to be a protester. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of I'll kind of briefly f- go through it here. So Justine is a college student who, uh, uh, for whatever reason, like uh, okay, she kind of falls in with this protest group, and and it's kind of loose. Like, is she doing it because she really wants to do it, or is she just doing it because? She, She's got the hots for this Alejandro guy who's like the leader of the group who clearly has a girlfriend, you know, because she, <laughs> the girlfriend kind of interjects herself every time she, you know, like she looks at Alejandro, all of a sudden the girlfriend's there, like, you know, to keep your nose out of my business. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't care, right, about any of this. <laughs> um, so this this yeah, is so, something that Eli Roth didn't learn from the Italian Cannibal movies because. Pretty much in all the Italian cattle movies, it starts, a lot of, most of them start in New York, you know, and then it, stuff happens there, and then they end up getting to the jungle eventually, and yeah, you have to have some throwaway scenes, I guess, to get to that jungle action stuff, but they did it better, and definitely in the Italian movies, as far as keeping you interested or amused at some of the stuff that happens, say, in some of Umberto Lindsay's movies, before you get to that scene, so it's, you know, you can at least enjoy that stuff. So basically, they're like at a college campus, I'm assuming in New York. I don't even know if they even established that, but I think it's in New York. And uh, I, I, there's like a protest group who is protesting this construction company or something. Or maybe they're, what, what, what is this company that goes into the jungles? They're it's like a, yeah, taking down, I guess, cutting down trees and they're cutting, building. They're, uh, cutting down the rain, they're, they're cutting down the rainforest, but what's the purpose of it? Are they trying underground for oil or diamonds or some shit? I don't even know what they're trying to do. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly what the development was. It's some 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 kind of development of some kind. Whether they were gonna, yeah, yeah I, so, think, I think it was natural resources. Natural resources. Yes, yeah, so, whatever. You know, once again, I guess it doesn't really matter. They were cutting down the rainforest, and this college protest group decides, like, hey, we're gonna go there and we're gonna protest. Like, basically, we're gonna go there and we're gonna strap ourselves to the trees and the uh, construction equipment so they'll stop doing what they're doing because they're going to destroy this tribe's natural habitat or whatever, this area. They're destroying the rainforest shit. So they kind of get their stuff together, and they have a sponsor that uh, it lives funds, down in uh, yeah. yeah, that funds the trip or whatever. So a group of, uh, how many would you say there was? Probably about 15 to 20 college yeah. kids, something like that, a dozen yeah. or so, maybe more. Uh, yeah. they, they get into a plane, and they go down to... Uh, Wherever the hell this is supposed to be, what is it, the Amazon? So what is that, Peru? I guess they're supposed to be, or Chile, one or the other. They get, they go down there, and uh, th- there was uh, one funny part when they get there. They ride around in these little uh, 
motorbikes. Almost <laughs> and, like motorized, uh, what is it, uh, penny carts or whatever? Yeah, they're like cycle, yeah, yeah, those uh, uh, rickshaws, kind of like motorized yeah, rickshaws. Motorized rickshaw. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of like what they are. And did you notice they had names on the back of them? I found as many names as I could, and these are so random. I guess the bikes have names. One's called Madonna. One yeah, but it was called, spelled with one N, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something spelled weird. One is uh, called Brad Pitt. <laughs> one is Rocky Four. <laughs> I thought that was random. Rocky Four. Uh, not just Rocky, but Rocky Four. One's called Bruce Lee. Another's called MacGyver. And I, and they have other names that you can't tell, or whatever. But I caught that in the brief little glimpses. And I thought that was kind of funny. That's about the best part of the first thirty minutes of this movie. Is see what the name of these rickshaw carts are. Um, <laughs> They eventually get to the hotel, and then uh, Alejandro, who's like the uh, the leader of the group, tells them that, like, yeah, this is dangerous. I guess this is the first time they realize that this could be dangerous. Like, yeah, these guys are armed, and you could be shot. And they're like, what? You know, so. It's time to refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand with a parade of items to tempt your taste. Hot buttered popcorn, golden good and fresh from the popper, your favorite candies, wholesome and rich and full of flavor, ice cream and other good things to eat, plus ice cold Coca-Cola. So bright, so bracing, with a taste and tingle all its own. Eventually, finally, they go there and they chain themselves to these things. They, uh, the, the girlfriend of Alejandra does the old switcheroo with the lock, the padlock for Justine's chains. So when everybody else is chaining themselves up, the, the construction equipment, the trees or whatever, she's trying to chain herself up and she's trying to lock it, but it won't lock. And then yeah, and uh, since, since we skipped over the beginning part of this movie, uh, it, it, it's very, again, it was very heavy handed that they are using this girl from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like taking random pictures of her, uh, just just a couple other things. Like we're they're they're taking advantage of this girl, and they they knew her, like her backstory. Yeah, because of her, her father. Yeah, because right. of her father. Yeah. Yes, that's also it's a good point. I skipped over that. Her father is like a, a member of the UN or something, right? Mm-hmm. Is a UN secretary or a lawyer or something to do with the United Nations? Yeah. So there is a UN connection there that they eventually try to exploit. And that's what we're leading into with this. Also, I'll point out in, toward the beginning of it, when they go to class, they're, they're, I don't even know what kind of class this is, but they're talking about female genital mutilation in this class. Like tribals, yeah, of the tribes in the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and, and they really go in depth there to, to tell you what they do. They like, what basically they scrape out the, the innards of the vagina and then they sew it shut and they bind their legs or something to make them, to heal it up. To yeah. make them to make that like just and that's like a rite of passage in these tribes, and then they show you something about these uh, these deadly or dangerous ants that are in that they use in these tribes or whatever. So they make it a point to show you this on the screen in this in this uh, college class. So you kind of set the scene with that once again, foreshadowing. Um, yeah, and that I think that he, that is one element he pulled out of the, some of the Italian cattle movies too, because a lot of them would start. You would you would have some kind of scene in the beginning that was kind of like that somebody's watching a educational film or something on this tribe and you'll see some rights from that tribe then by the time they get to the amazon and they're doing whatever it is they're there to do of course that they enact those same rights on them <laughs> so yeah so they're they're trying to chain themselves up she can't lock it and then uh, all this mil- these militia guys with these ak-47s or whatever you know show up and they're 
they grab a hold of her and because hers couldn't lock. They've basically got her as a hostage. They're holding the gun to her head. Like, you know, they're, they're going to take her out. And then uh, Alejandro and the other ones, you know, yell out that she, her dad's in the UN. So go ahead, do it. Now you, you're causing an international crisis, basically. That's when you realize, basically, they were just using her as a, uh, a prop to get done what yeah. they wanted to get done. And they were they also, I'll point out, they were live streaming this on their phones. So the whole world could see this atrocity going on. So basically, they just arrest them all, put them back on the plane, and send them off. So they're on the This is all right to me, like, up to this point, you could pretty much throw it away. I've described the first 35 minutes of the movie right there. <laughs> so they're on the plane, heading back. And Justine is mad because she realized she's been used. You know, Alejandro's like, yeah, fuck off. You know, we use you for what we, we needed. You know, you, you should have known. You shouldn't have been so naive, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so they're, they're kind of going back and forth. And then, boom, one of the engine planes or one of the plane engines blows. This is a pretty cool plane crash sequence, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was handled well. Yeah, especially like you know the plane going upside down, and they're all kind of getting tossed around because you know they're yeah. in their basic, they're in this plane basically having a party because they've you know achieved what they wanted to achieve. Uh, so now, like, not all of them are buckled up; they're just kind of flying all over the place. And the back of the t- uh, the tail of the plane flies off, and a few of them fly out. Well, oh, when the plane goes upside down, uh, the kind of the big dude—I I can't think of his name right away—but he throws oh, up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah while they're going upside, and it goes up <laughs> up his face because he's upside down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, yeah, so some of them are flying out of the back of the plane, uh, and then a tree branch because now they're down like in the tree line. A tree tree branch just comes through the front window and just knocks the co-pilot's head clean off. Wham! <laughs> um, this might be a good point to mention at at this time. This is when you really notice that okay, yeah, the gore effects are pretty fucking amazing. And that's a, for a good reason because they're handled by Greg Nicktero from Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I meant to mention that. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, and up to this point too, you haven't seen anything gross Graphic. enough to you know to even speak of. I mean, there's been yeah. nothing. Yeah. Because we're literally 35, 40, 40 minutes into the movie at this point, <laughs> which I thought was crazy for a movie that's an hour and forty minutes to have that much setup or whatever. I don't want to dwell. Yeah, on. it is what it is. So yeah, so now that they've the, the plane has crashed, they're on the ground. And there's there's uh, people, you know, that are in- severely injured and, and a few dead just scattered around. And then uh, one of the guys freaks out and he and uh, he walks right into the spinning plane propeller. Just wham! Just knocks half his head off. So that's a hell of a way, right? You've survived the plane crash, but then you walk into the propeller freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they're, they're all still kind of around in the plane. It, it, it blows up, but it doesn't blow all the way up. It just there's kind of like a minor explosion, and then uh, I guess one of the girls is strapped to a chair. She falls out of nowhere, like just out of the sky, or was it out of a tree? I don't know what the hell. I'm just <laughs> I guess it was out of a tree. I'm just guessing out, that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah just out she of must have been stuck I'm, in the tree and then fell at that then, moment. And then fell, yeah. Like there's a girl that's still alive, and then she ah boom just falls out of nowhere, still strapped to the chair. So then, like, uh, that, that's they're kind of trying to regroup, and they look, and Kara looks through and sees some people in the jungle. I think Kara is, uh, yeah, yeah, Kara is Alejandro's girlfriend. She's kind of been the jealous girlfriend up to this point. She's looking around, and she sees some people in the jungle. She's like, hey, there's somebody over there. And then a spear just flies out of nowhere and goes right through her neck. And that's when they realize they're in danger. Now, now the plane crashes out of your mind. Something else is going on here. <laughs> She's about to pull out a gun and gets an arrow to the head. Wow. Then they all start getting blow darted, like, and they're just, you know, I guess they got like these little knockout darts. They're just knocking out everybody that's still alive, basically. So then Justine wakes up and she's tied to a canoe. 
and the, uh, the bald headhunter, which I think they actually call him the bald headhunter. You know, like the, the lead guy, the guy that's on the poster <laughs> yeah. with the uh, yellow paint or whatever. He's uh, riding with her in the canoe, and he says something to her. Like, basically, I guess the equivalent of shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then they arrive to this, uh, to the native tribe. There's like hundreds of tribesmen, you know, men, women, little kids, half naked, basically. You know, just think of your prototypical, you know, uh, jungle tribe that you would imagine in your mind. That's what they look like. And I'm assuming uh, at this point, like as I'm watching the, the movie, uh, I'm, I'm guessing this is going to play a little bit on irony. I'm guessing this is the same tribe that they were trying to save. Yes, I think yeah. I think that is the assumption that, yes, this yeah. is the the one that they were basically trying to save from being bulldozed in the uh, Amazon. Um, so, kids, when you're going to protest in the middle of the, the Amazon, make sure you have a change of clothes. <laughs> make sure it's not a cannibal tribe. <laughs> make sure it's one of those cool tribes that just lives, you know, eats leaves and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, like caterpillars. They, that that so basically you realize there's a, there's like you know six or seven canoes and all of them are tied up in the canoes they arrive on the beach the native tribe just basically mobs them and starts like you know pawing at them and looking at them and stuff like this and then eventually the tribe leader comes out and she says something and then they're ushered away into a cage except the big dude his name's Jonah by the way except Jonah he gets he's sick I guess you know maybe from the plane crash, maybe uh, from the blow dart. I don't know, but he's clearly like you know ill. He's sick, or maybe from throwing up, or maybe yeah, that's what I mean. Like any of those, any of those things, he's sick. So uh, they give him something to drink, and then they lay him down on a rock, and uh, they're kind of standing around him, and then they pull his. This is pretty brutal. This is probably. I'd say the single most brutal scene of the movie, right? Yep. Um, this oh, is yeah. the movie's money shot. No. <laughs> basically, yeah. Because it's basically yep. all uphill from here as far as the violence <laughs> in my concern. Or in my yep. opinion. Um, yeah. They pull they pull his one of his eyeballs out. Then they pull his other eye out, right? I think it's like his right eye first and his left eye. Whatever yeah. the order, doesn't matter. He's only got two. Uh, <laughs> then they, and they eat it. Right? Doesn't she immediately eat it? Like, yeah. You just take pops one it in eye, your mouth. eat it. Yeah, yep. yeah, like a grape. <laughs> the other eye, and then they pull his tongue, and then they cut like his tongue halfway off, and then they yeah. eat that. And then they just go to town. They they like fucking they chop off his right arm, then they chop off his left arm, or like maybe like his right leg. Kind of work around. They yeah. cut his other leg off, cut his other arm off. He's basically nothing but a head and a torso. Then they cut his head off. And uh, she's like, oh, very, very graphically done, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, very, very, yeah, like the whole the whole time he's just like, ah, 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 you know, screaming <clears throat> as you would, obviously. But <laughs> it was it was a pretty it was a pretty uh, messed up whale he was doing, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, as he's being chopped, chopped to death, you know, alive. Now, for those of you who, who are who are listening, we, we keep like a, uh, a message group uh, for all three of us, like going back and forth. And I think at this point, as I'm watching the movie, I'm I'm sending uh, Josh and Smoke a message, just like, "What the hell? <laughs> 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 Whose idea was this movie again? <laughs> Smoke, you bastard, <laughs> son of a bitch!" Uh, yeah, they chop his head off, and then they start drinking the blood. They like hold his head up. I mean, it's a pretty graphic scene. Hmm. But like I said, don't worry, folks. I mean, I think it's not quite as graphic from this point forward. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> um, 
he spent a good portion of his budget right there for sure. <laughs> yeah. The plane wreck and the guy getting chopped, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Boom. And for going back to four of the fans of the Italian cannibal movies, this was the, probably the, the scene they were kind of waiting for. I know, you know, as far yeah. as if you judge by what those movies are, this was that scene. And, and I don't claim to have watched a lot of those movies. I've seen bits and pieces of a lot of, you know, some of those movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were quite that graphic. Well, they were they were to the point that they could be that way, but it, but they didn't have Greg Nicotero as true. As much like, as they could, I guess they. From what I remember, it was always like uh, some of it was always inferred. You know, it's like the old like yeah. Halloween trick, like put your hand into this bowl while you're blindfolded, and it's it's <laughs> it's the intestines of a you know of a grown man or something. And it's really spaghetti, you know, or. <laughs> this is a bowl of eyeballs and it's like peeled grease, yes. you know, it's almost inferred like that. Like, you know, it's not as uh, visceral as this was. Yeah. So yeah, that happens. Then, uh, <laughs> then they like, okay, so they've done all that. They've butchered this dude. He's dead, obviously. Then they like take his, his torso and they season it. They're, they're in there like seasoning it. Like it's a, a you know, like a, a whole big jerky. Or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're seasoning it and stuff, and then they, they like cook the torso in like a hog spit, you know, like in one of those like brick ovens or something. They just slide it on in, like in a mud oven or something with some wood, you know. <laughs> and that I think and you then, got. And more then from, they, they didn't really go into that detail in the old cannibal, you know. And most of the time in the Italian cannibal movies, they were just like, and not that this would really happen back in the you know with cannibal tribes, but they would just hack them up, meet them right there, kind of like she was doing at first. You yeah, know, not cooking them or anything. Yeah, eating them raw. They're over there pulling out like the the Paula Deen cookbook. Yeah. On how to cook torsos <laughs> with extra butter, you know. Um, and they take and they eat it, you know. They're, so they're eating pieces of it, and so then they cut, then you know I think during this they cut back and forth with like the people and the you know all the people that they have captured the rest of them. There's like six or seven of them in there, and one of the girls, Amy, she gets sick, <laughs> and she takes a shit. Like she's like, oh, I'm really sick. Like you know, I'm gonna shit all over the place. Sick. So she runs over to the other corner of the cage while all the rest of them are like, oh, and they get away. And she just takes like a big diarrhea shit in the corner. And uh, I thought it was funny. Like all the uh, like native tribe right. kids, they're all like pointing and laughing. Like, <laughs> we gonna eat you. <laughs> and then that's when uh so like later on that night after that uh that's kind of when alejandro spills the beans about like what this all was it was basically a paid like pr stunt the whole thing like you know yeah we didn't really achieve anything you know one company pays another company to kind of put a pr spin on on what this is and then all that means that a, a new crew will come in tomorrow and still abolish you know still uh knock out the rainforest yeah um so this is when you realize that like he's king he's king horse's ass, right? He's a piece of shit. Uh so that morning, uh the next morning the tribe, you know, the tribesmen come and they take all the girls out. So I think it's basically like three girls, three guys, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe four guys, whatever the number is, six or seven. It's almost like half and half. So they take all the girls out, and then the leader, the tribe leader, kind of like has like a little claw thing or something, and he sticks it up each girl's vagina. That right, that's what she's doing, right? Yeah, yeah. determining she's whether she's a virgin or not. I think. <laughs> right, that's what I thought. I, I put a question mark by it because I wasn't dead sure what she was doing, but I was pretty sure that's what she was doing. Kind of like sticking her finger up their vaginas to see if they're virgins. Then she gets to Justine, 
and blood comes out, I guess that determines she's a virgin, right? Yeah, that's what I assume too from that. Yeah, um, so Justine is it. So they kind of put the other girls back in the cage and they take Justine somewhere else and they, they kind of prep her, like they, they paint her up and they do something else somewhere else in the village with her. Meantime, uh, one of the girls, Samantha, she makes a run for it out of uh, she makes a run out of the cage. She gets out of the cage and makes a run for a canoe. And uh, it looks like she got away. Uh, eventually, Justine, the virgin, comes back. She's, stu- she's kind of acting stunned and drugged up, kind of, you know, like, what the hell just happened? And she's all painted up, like, you know, white body paint and all this stuff, little dots all over and stuff. Um, then they bring a some food. Reference. That scene made me think of a direct reference to at least two different cannibal Italian movies, too, was uh, where they take the the... I guess the most, I don't know they're necessarily virgin at that point, but the most beautiful one or whatever of the group, and then paint them up, and they become sort of the, the figurehead. I think uh, Dr. Butcher MD was a U.S. title for, like, Zombie Holocaust, which is one of the movies that they do that to, to one of the actresses in. And then another one was uh, Eaten Alive by the Cannibals, Berto Lindsay movie. I'm sure Eli Roth just takes it an extra step, because you said mm-hmm. that maybe they take the most beautiful girl or whatever. I'm sure because he can, he took it an extra step and had her check... <laughs> Check their vaginas. Check the, check the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because he could, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so eventually, like, some of the kids of the tribe, they bring over some food for all of them, and they're kind of sitting there eating. And uh, Justine has, like, this little flute necklace that was given to her by her mom or something, right? This little necklace that's got yeah. a flute on a little, a little flute on it, because apparently mm-hmm. at one time she was, a, she was an up-and-coming flautist that she just didn't want to do it anymore. But so she has this little flute necklace. That becomes a kind of like a central thing in the movie. That's why I bring it up. So she's yeah. kind of playing the flute necklace for them while they bring the food. And then they're, all of them are kind of sitting there eating this bowl of food that they bought them. And Amy realizes, one of the girls, that they're eating Samantha. The girl <laughs> the girl that, uh, you know, got out of the cage and ran for the canoe that you yeah. assume got away. Well, apparently she didn't get away. And they they cooked her ass up like they did old Jonah. Yep. And they're, they're, they're sitting there eating her. And then that's when she's like, fuck this breaks the bowl and then takes a piece of it and slashes her own throat. Yeah, that was pretty um, pretty gruesome too. And then the way she realized it is what they got she got to the bottom of the bowl, right? So after you've already eaten it, she sees yeah, a tattoo. Like, like a, a piece of hunk of skin with a tattoo on it as the bottom yeah, of the bowl. That's that's when she realizes, oh shit, we're eating we're eating some yeah. <laughs> And then all and the then little kid checked. tribe members are like are like playing with the tattoos like they had cut off the tattoos and were like putting them on each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> So, yeah, she she does probably about the most sane thing that any of these people could do, and she breaks the bowl and cuts her own throat. Because, honestly, that's probably the best way out of this situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be eaten, but fuck it. I don't want to die horribly and then be eaten, so fuck it. Uh, <laughs> so she bleeds out. She's dead. Uh, so they uh, uh, the red-haired guy, I'm, th- I'm blanking on what is... Uh, his uh, name was like. yeah name was right away he takes he's got like a bag of pot that was given to him earlier in the movie it's supposed to be the good stuff <laughs> so they decide to stuff this bag of pot down uh amy's throat because they're like well you know if they're gonna if they're gonna eat her then fuck them we're gonna we're gonna mess with them so they stuff this huge bag of pot down her throat so then by the way th- this stuff must have truly been the most potent it must stuff. have been the most potent pot there ever <laughs> ever has been grown oh yeah <laughs> 
Because what happens after that, of course, is the most ludicrous thing ever. But I mean, you know, I mean, in Eli Roth's world, it's, it, it, in his humor, in his world of humor, or whatever, it makes, I mean, it makes for a, a humorous, funny scene for sure. But and this <laughs> plausible, is also, and definitely this, not. <laughs> and this is also right after the the main asshole Alejandro told him, like, "What do you think that's going to do? They eat pot for breakfast, you know, like." <laughs> oh yeah. Gonna, the, and they probably I mean, would, whole, right? I mean, it's a native tribe, you know. They probably just live off that shit. What well, there's do? down there. In South America, there's a vine called uh, ayahuasca, which is uh, hallucinogen. You know, they they brew it up with a certain leaf that acts as like an MAOI inhibitor to allow the psychedelic properties of that vine to come through, and they that's a part of the ritual. So yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, so this for, pot is not going to really you know make them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so gonna do for that. these for these people, this is Tuesday. You know, like <laughs> it's just what they do. <laughs> but anyways, they do it. You know, I guess you get whatever. Uh, I guess the the theory is whatever amount of revenge you can, you think you might be able to get. Why the fuck not? Right? Ain't gonna hurt. What are they gonna <laughs> do with the pot anyways? Right? So they stuff it down her throat. So then it cuts to the next scene. Alejandro, the ass, he's sitting over in the corner beating his meat. He's just sitting there. <laughs> he's just sitting there blowing one off. Like and why no, not? I mean, you know. with no real explanation other than like. What I guess this is the way I want to go. I don't know. Like, what, what, <laughs> well, yeah, what, he he said he was trying to uh, relieve tension. Relieve tension, so, yeah. So he's trying to keep his mind sharp by by jacking off in this horrible horrible situation. Yeah, th- at this point you're like, yeah, this is a stress relief. Who who other than some you know other kind of fetish, fetishistic you know thing yeah 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 could like even get it up <laughs> in the situation where you're surrounded well, by cannibals, you haven't taken a shower, and who knows how long you haven't. You're in somehow, the cave with other people, but you can, you know. <laughs> somehow he did, and he's over there going to town. <laughs> and then one of the other guys, Daniel, is like, what the fuck, man? He goes there and starts attacking him. And then uh, the tribesmen the tribesmen bust in and kind of break it up. Hold on, and, hold, uh, on hold on. I think you missed the most creepy part of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> the dude jumps on top of him and starts choking him out. So, so what does he do? straight in the eye. And starts oh, going more yeah. vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess I didn't really want to dwell on the scene, so I just kind of forgot about it. No, I didn't see that, and I'm just like, Ugh. no, I, I guess I just didn't pause it and rewind it like you did at that part. <laughs> hey, man, it's the first time I ever saw it, so. <laughs> and, and that's the scene you're talking about where you had not. And what would be awesome if, is if they let him finish, and then he says the Green Inferno, and then the end credits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, so the other, like you say, he's choking him, and, and he's staring at him while he's still playing with himself. Some of the natives come in and bust it up, and then that's when they realize that uh, some, uh, what was her name? Yeah, uh, Samantha. I get all these names mixed up. This is when they realize that Samantha's dead. So they just kind of, uh, they try to drag her out of there and they go ahead and cook her up and then they eat her and then they start getting high. <laughs> <laughs> they Like the whole village is like high as a kite and they're all kids, passing out. Shit. Yeah, yeah, the kids, everything from uh, <laughs> eating the pot-filled girl. Now, once again, th- this is goofy as shit. That small <laughs> amount, there's no way... <laughs> Right, I mean, like her whole yeah. body would have to be filled with pot for this possibly to happen, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, she would. I don't even know if that could still happen. I mean, with it, you know, just through the blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they would get that. I mean, even if she had like been smoking every day for the whole month, probably still couldn't. You know. <laughs> but I guess he's but, probably his, his his mindset is probably like, look, if you're still with me on the cannibalism, you could be with yeah. me on. Uh, if you you're know, with on the guy jerking off in the corner over here is a, <laughs> as stress relief, you can go go with me on the. Jerking off in this. <laughs> this dude's jerking off in the same corner that the girl took a shit in. You know, then, uh, you know, I guess you can get with me here. Because, frankly, I think I saw where there hasn't been cannibal tribes, at least not proven for like hundreds of years, right? Something like that. Probably at least since the 1800s or ni early 1900s. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, are no been... such things as cannibal tribes. So I guess once you get past that, you can uh, believe that, you know, they eat the body of a the pot body and they get high <laughs> so that's what happens they eat the pot body and they all get high as a kite and they all start like passing out and stuff and uh daniel and justine managed to get out and uh because i think by this point there's only the four of them left mm -hmm. and uh alejandro or uh loris is trying to climb out and alejandro sticks him with a dart so he just basically so he won't be alone in there so they won't <laughs> instantly eat him yeah. So he sticks him with the he sticks him with the dart and he passes out. So Lars is stuck in there with him, and then uh, Lars wakes up to see natives like laughing, and they start biting him. And he's like, "Oh, they got the munchies." Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all yeah, that's probably the most ridiculous bugs. part of the whole movie is, is that point. <laughs> oh no, they got the munchies. Yeah, they got the munchies because they ate the pot body, <laughs> and so he. <laughs> He starts freaking out, and he runs away. And then they mob him, and then they just tear him apart. You know, they just—they don't even wait to cook him. You know, the, you know. I guess because yeah. they got the munchies, they're just—they go full <laughs> cannibal and just eat them raw. So they just tear him up. Um. Oh, oh, and a little one of the little girls just runs away with his foot. Yeah. Like as they're, yeah, there's this whole melee, like a melee of all the cannibals on top of him, like devouring him, and then through the melee, like underneath. Yeah, comes a girl with the just carrying the foot and rock, walking yeah. towards the camera. <laughs> uh, so then Justine, uh, so it cuts to Justine and uh, Daniel. They're trying to get away. She jumps in the water and she gets carried away by the current. And that's what I was referring to earlier, where she mm -hmm. almost the actress almost literally died in this scene. Um, eventually, Daniel comes and uh, grabs a hold of her, or it gets her with a sticks a limb in. She grabs it and pulls her out. Um, so they make it back to the plane crash site because they're. They're going back to look for the uh, GPS that Daniel had. And uh, once they get there, they see there's uh, the bodies that, that were still there, I guess, you know, for, left from the wreckage. They're all stuck on, like, pikes. So there's four, five, six of them, like, kind of stuck on pikes all around the plane, plane site. Clearly, there have been natives and some others there, or, you know, there at the plane site. They finally find the GPS, and, of course, the batteries did. Then they hear a phone, and it's on Carl's body. Carl was uh, Alejandro's. Uh, jealous girlfriend. Um, so they, they, Justine reaches up and finds the phone, but then the body falls over or whatever. And then the native, then the natives arrive back. They found him and then they blow dart him. Um, so then Justine wakes up and she's being rubbed down and prepped again. Like whatever they were going to do to the virgin girl, they're, they're about to do it again. She, so they're back at the camp. Then it cuts to Daniel. He's kind of like, uh, he's strapped up to a pole. And the bald headhunter is just beating the shit out of him with, like, this club, like, breaking his bones. He's, like, breaking his uh, ankles and his legs and all that, right? I, that's kind of what I assume. He's just breaking all of his bones so he can't get away again, right? Right. Yeah. I yeah. guess it'll be the, 
Uh, so then he, so then he he starts rubbing Daniel down with this uh, green paste type stuff from uh, basically from uh, head to toe. And then these ants, these giant ants that um, that I'm sure they uh, foreshadowing we're talking about earlier in the film in that professor's class. It's these ants. They crawl up and just cover them, and I guess they're I guess they're biting on them, and I guess these are some type of poisonous ants, right? Yeah, some yeah, and I, don't, I mean, of course that was a CG scene, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I assume there. I think there are. I don't know those species of ants, but there are that a species of basically of like kill, ants. yeah, like killer ants or something that are really gonna fuck your world up. <laughs> he gets covered in these things and they're biting him and stuff. And so then, uh, basically, cuts back to Justine being like prepped or whatever. And the, and the, and the tribe leader is in there. And it looks like they're about to do the uh, the vaginal mutilation thing, right? It looks like they're about to scoop yeah. her out and sew her up. Yeah. When uh, when all of a sudden, uh, one of the natives runs in with a with a severed head of one of the construction workers or whatever. So then everybody just scatters. So basically, I guess like. I guess you're to assume like okay they're here and then they're about to battle. They're going to guys, right? yeah they're going to war with the with the with the developers. <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, then all of a sudden, flute necklace boy shows up, and uh, he unties just uh, Justine, and then uh, she kind of like fakes that she's not, or she kind of uh, does the old uh, I'm still tied up but I'm not, and uh, grabs a hold of the big. There's a big woman in there that's been prepping her. She grabs a hold of the nose ring and pulls it out. <laughs> and uh then you know kind of kicks her or whatever and that that woman goes down so then uh she goes out to find daniel and uh the ants i guess have kind of done their work and they're not on him anymore but he's still kind of hanging there like half dead and out of it and uh she gets his uh phone and then he begs her to kill him and then the flute boy does it i don't remember how he did it what did he do to him like a couple i thought he just reached up i thought he just reached up and cut his throat didn't he yeah yeah, yeah maybe yeah, that's why i didn't yeah. make note of how he did it but yeah basically the flute necklace boy just reaches up and I, he, he does he does a pity and kills the guy so justine's on her own basically well she's with the flute necklace boy but she, you know they're, they're running away then eventually i guess they come to a parting of the ways or whatever and she lets him keep the necklace uh and then like she's running away from whoever's chasing her or whatever she crosses she gets to a river and there's a panther on the other side is that what that what, what what the hell was it? Was it a jaguar? Jaguar, or panther? jaguar. jaguar. Yeah, they had mentioned yeah. it earlier in the movie. Yeah, because she was okay. talking about one of them was talking about getting that as her tattoo, right? Because they saw the jaguar up there. And said, oh yeah, yeah jaguar. Yeah. My next tattoo. <laughs> Once again, some more foreshadowing earlier yeah. in the film. So yeah, there's a jaguar over there. She crosses like the thing doesn't really do anything to her. Uh, she gets to the other side and then basically walks right into the middle of the native militia war, like you know. <laughs> Right, basically, right smack dab in the middle of it. They're shooting at each other and throwing darts and arrows and shit. It's all, you know, it's all going down. And uh, so then, and of course, she she's holds... still all done up, like with the makeup and stuff, or with yeah, the yeah. ointment with the and stuff they put on her. The, she she yeah. looks like a tribal member herself, kind of. <laughs> yeah, with the virgin makeup or whatever. She's still yeah. got all that on. So she walks, she's got Daniel's phone. She walks out, like holding it up. Like, uh, I'm filming this. Uh, uh, and, um, I'm with the UN or whatever. You know, she threatens the UN on them, and then then she just throws the phone down and uh, breaks the phone. I guess that kind of, I guess so they can't go and of, look. Yeah, so I guess that kind of gives them the the trust that uh, you know, whatever. They so they kind of break they break away and like take her away to the chopper. So she's been saved. The natives, you know, I guess kind of start getting laid out by the militia or whatever. They're still kind of doing their thing, but she got out of there. Um, then it shows back at the camp, Alejandro is still in that cage 
and then he gets darted um, and knocked out. All right, then it cuts back to uh, Justine, and now you know she's safe. She's back home, and she basically tells the story that everybody died in the crash, and that that native tribe saved her, and doesn't know anything about cannibalism. I guess to save the tribe, I guess I don't know. <laughs> or the yeah. little boy, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe like, I want to help Flute Necklace Boy, so uh, I'll, I'll do him a favor. Like, yeah, they weren't cannibals; they actually helped us out, and I wouldn't have survived without them. And I guess to uh, kind of cover her own tracks from, uh, you know, leaving that guy to be eaten. Yeah. So then, like, later on, she, it, it, Alejandro arrives, and he says, hey, I made it out. I, I can't believe it. And then he, uh, she turns, and she's got piranha teeth, and she bites him. Then she wakes up. It was all <laughs> night. That part was a nightmare. <laughs> Once again, random. But I guess, you know, you're showing the trauma of this whole thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I almost, for a split second, thought they were going with, like, some supernatural element of things here. Like, what? And then, oh, no, no, it was just a dream. Um, and she looks out the dorm window, and it's almost like the very beginning of the movie when she wakes up, looks out the dorm window, and there's protesters, the protesters. Out there. Except this time, now the protesters are out there, and they're, willing, they're wearing Alejandro shirts. Like, yeah, he's got his face on it. So now he's like, the, he's, yeah, he's like the martyr. Um, then you see the Green Inferno title screen. Then there's some, then there's some credits. Then there's a mid-credits scene. Did y'all hang around to see this? I did yeah. not. There's a mid-credit scene. Justine gets a phone call. The phone's ringing. She answers it, and it's apparently it's Alejandro's sister, and she says she saw him on a satellite image, and that's what you see. I don't even think you see Justine. It's just like she picks yeah. up the phone, and then you see like this weird satellite a blurry image. image of a satellite yeah, image of and Alejandro keeps, looking up at the. <laughs> yeah, and it keeps zooming in, and then you see an image of Alejandro looking up. Like at the satellite, like he would see that, whatever. But it's, it's like he, it's like he's looking up and like, I want, I wanted to talk to you about Alejandro. I think he's still alive. And then the credits roll, and then that's the end of the credits. So I, I didn't. So Will, you didn't hang around for that. No. So I'm guessing that's just planting a seed for if you wanted to do a second one. And apparently, yeah. there has been talk of a sequel. That apparently there will be another one of these made. As recently as like the last year. Oh, really? Last, yeah, I haven't <laughs> heard that. Yeah, so that's, That'd be real surprising considering how I know it didn't do all that well overall, of course. I mean, it barely made its... I mean, it real, probably didn't really make its money back unless you count in the whole, you know, international thing. But uh, Yeah, it sounds like, at least from what I could tell, as far back as, say, like a year or so ago, it sounds like he's still <laughs> intending on swinging back around and doing this one day. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's the seed that was planted is Alejandro is still alive. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a sequel anybody wants, but <laughs> Alejandro's revenge. Uh, also, so this is what I was getting to earlier. So at the very end, at the credits, it says uh, a brief history of the Italian cannibal genre and their many names along with their directors and their many names. And then it lists a bunch of different, I guess it was like kind of like uh, all the movies or maybe some of the movies that released during that late seventies, early eighties time period. Um, it uh, mm. it mentions Man from Deep River. Yeah, that was actually that's the very first one. If you wanted to, if you wanted to trace or put blame on why <laughs> why wow, uh, a there's a Green Inferno, it was a uh, Man from Deep River or AKA Deep River Savages. There's a few different names for it. Last per- can- Last Cannibal World. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Oh yeah, for those soft core porn moments. In cannibalism. <laughs> Got that. Anything with Emmanuel in it's going to have some uh, soft porn, right? 
actually have that on VHS? Oh, I, mean, I, do. I do, but that's a different story. And it wasn't called. It was called "Trap Them and Kill Them" on the VHS title. Uh, Mountain. I've never of heard the of Can- this, Emmanuel. Do do tell. <laughs> oh yes. You and Why haven't we done it? I actually rendered that. I got another story about that. Maybe we'll get around to watching that for the shit now. Yeah, Why haven't we done any of these movies yet? Uh, Mountain of the Cannibal God, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, of course. Oh yes, that's the granddaddy. <laughs> uh, Eaten alive. Uh, cannibal. Cannibal Apocalypse, Cannibal yep. Ferox, mm-hmm. and Amazonia. Um, and, and I it's think funny Amazonia fi- might have actually. I think Amazonia might have been the one that was retitled to the Green Inferno in some countries. And it's funny if you get a chance to go back and check this out because it's at the end of the credits when they're talking about all this. Like I said, it says a brief history of the Italian cannibal genre and their many names. So with each one of those titles, it gives you the other titles. Oh, okay. And then it says along with their directors and their many names. So it has the director there. And then all the forty names that the directors ever went under, because you know yeah, some of these yeah. dudes, some of these dudes had like five, six, seven, eight different names that they directed and, movies under. And that was because back then, I remember too. I remember because I used to try and track some of these movies down. I, you know, I was looking for the Italian ones, but it was hard to find because I don't know whatever the stigma is back then was if it was a foreign movie and you're on the U.S. you know VHS video market, if it has an American name on it, people are more apt to rent that movie. So Lucio Fulci uh-huh. would become Louis Fuller. Uh, you know, you get Bruno Mate would be his name was like Vincent Dawn, and you get all these yeah. <laughs> different Americanized names because they were trying to hide the fact that it was an Italian film or European film. You know, so kind of hard to track them down back then. then the, without uh, and then they would shit the bid that when you got five minutes in, you realized that this was an Italian. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. As soon as they start talking, <laughs> and you're was, like, their lips aren't matching, and they sound like, you know. <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? Um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now for so me, I was happy. Is, I was happy for that. I would like rent it. Like, okay, is this going to be one? Oh, yes, it is an Italian one. <laughs> that was all the right. exact opposite. <laughs> all right, then you so have that me is Eli Ross like, oh, Inferno. <laughs> uh, what the hell, Suspiria? I can tell you right now, Will, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, <laughs> brother. Because if you did, if you didn't like Suspiria, man, just hold your hat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then the last two, the, when they were talking about that whole, you know, given that Italian cannibal history and everything at the end credits, it was a, it was a song, uh, the music track is from Cannibal Ferox, or one of the tracks from Cannibal Ferox. Did it. I, oh, I during, forget what. During the credits? Yeah, not, no, during the beginning of the credits, because I don't remember what that was, just who, whatever composer was composing the soundtrack to Green Inferno, but after that, once it gets to that part about the Italian cannibal history, that's, uh-huh. uh, that track was playing is uh, from Cannibal Ferox. Or make them die slowly. Another title. So I guess with that, I mean, anything else you guys wanted to add to the Green Inferno here? Or I think we've said enough. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Yep. Um, all right. So that once again, like I said, that was Eli Roth's 2015 movie, The Green Inferno. Um, Will, uh, we usually put uh, a scale of, of zero to five stars on these movies. So where are you landing? Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit right around a three. Wasn't Three. the best movie, and yeah, wasn't the best movie. But then it came around for me a little bit more at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I'd give it a three. I I, I can't give it a superior grade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what you meant is good or bad. I don't. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm looking. I just looked it up, and you gave superior two and a half stars. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Um. All right, Smoke, where are you at? 
Um, I'm at about you know, two and a half, maybe, for this one. Ah, you're giving it the old Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> That's what anything at two and a half or lower will be known as now, the Suspiria. Except for the for the for the record, what? what was my I forget was mine four and a half for Suspiria or five? I can't remember. Yours four. for Suspiria was four and a half, yeah, and mine four was and half, four. Yeah. So. That's right. <laughs> we looked at we looked at it a little differently than old Will over there. <laughs> and, I mean, I can see, I I can definitely see Will's point though coming into it. If you yeah, look, I had never it. I seen it before or seen a lot of other Italian movies before, to that I mean Italian horror movies, anyways. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I saw the Italian Job. <laughs> have you ever watched like old Clint Eastwood spaghetti western movies like Good, you know, Bad, and the Ugly? Any just of those? Dollars. Have you seen any of those? Well, at any point, I'm I mean, sure, because I'm sure at some point I've seen them. I just can't remember yeah. in particular because those would be more shining examples of Italian movies. Of the Italian film, yeah. 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 But yeah. also, a lot of those techniques are used, even though the storyline is, of course, a lot more coherent than Italian horror movies. But, Absolutely. Those effects, or at least the uh, cinematography and everything, they would apply a lot of that to the Italian horror movies, too, because they were very technical, I guess, as far more technical than they were storytellers. Yeah, yeah. Will, you give it three stars. Smoke, you give it two and a half. I'm going to go, I'm going to go two and a half as well. I mean, I, this movie, I don't know if it's something I would uh, go out of my way to see again. I didn't hate it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, know, I, I don't know if I'd bend over to go watch it again, to be honest with you. You know, it's like, Maybe if there was nothing else on TV, I don't have access to the internet. Uh, I don't feel like getting up to put a Blu-ray in. Uh, <laughs> exactly, that's my point. I don't know if I. Well, a lot of times when I'm watching it too, I'm thinking, you know, I could just be watching Cannibal Hol- Holocaust or Cannibal Ferox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could go. I could go watch a better example of this genre. Yeah. Uh, or even Doctor Butcher MD for that matter, which by the way is a personal favorite of mine. We need to get around to that on the show. Sure, we will. <laughs> That's an entertaining, um, entertaining in a bad, that's in a, a good bad. Way. That's our hope is to get around to everything eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> so uh, keep doing this long enough, maybe we will. One movie a month, uh, and with that, I guess we'll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. One every month and a half with the. Yeah. Um, oh, and no, one thing be before back. the closing thoughts is uh, another thing I was just thinking of on that satellite shot. They should have had that satellite shot get closer and closer and closer, and then when you get to it, it's actually Alejandro whacking off in the corner or something. <laughs> oh. That would have fit in with Eli Roth's uh, <laughs> with his humor, <laughs> staring at the camera like a big grin on his face. That's how I relieve tension. Somehow they haven't hated that yet. <laughs> They're just letting them sit in there and beat it. Um, well, would you go in in the middle of that? <laughs> Man, and he gets more excited as they, as they get closer. He gets more excited. Like, no, no, we're no. Backing off of this one. <laughs> yeah, I think we've said enough. Um, All of a sudden, it goes slapstick and it bonks him in the head. <laughs> then, for some reason, it's that old. It's the gods must be crazy movie. Oh yeah, yeah, with the coke. Yeah. <laughs> I know that has nothing to do with horror, but we should watch that one one of these days. That's, that's all. Oh yeah, it's been a while for me for that one too. But yeah. So this was this has been episode ten. So episode eleven of the Spook Show. We're going to be going back to the 80s, 1986, and we're going to watch the cult classic 80s horror favorite movie of most, I'd say, Critters, the original Critters. We figured it'd probably be an appropriate time to, to check this one out again since there's a uh, new 
Critters show on Shudder called Critters A New Binge, which I don't think any of us have watched that yet. But um gotcha. and I don't and I don't even know how deeply it ties into that. I'm sure some of the mythos is there, right? At least from the original movie. Yeah. Um because and also there's supposed to be a new uh Critters movie coming out, I think later this year or next year, called uh, Critters Attack. Just when you thought Critters 4 wasn't enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Critter, there's a little bit of a revival for Critters. So, uh, you know, I figured we'd tap into that a little bit and we'll uh, go back to the original from 1986. Um, yeah. The very brief IMDB synopsis for Critters is a group of small furry aliens makes lunch out of the locals in a farm town. So there you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, so I guess before we wrap it up, is there anything, anything else you guys want to add about uh, Green Inferno? Anything else? No, I think, he, I think uh-huh. we pretty much said it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess uh, until uh, next time, uh, I'm Josh. And uh, for uh, Will and Smoke, this has been the All-American Spook Show podcast. And we'll see you next time, guys. Appreciate it. See you. Later.